0: My Michelle Live Podcast. My
1: Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports time out. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle.
0: Yeah, I am. And I am not alone. I'm here with the boys. And we're ready to sports it up. These are some of my favorite people on the planet. They bless me in ways... Ugh. And they bless me in sports. And today we're going to be taking on sports with a twist of faith. We look for the God story because there always is one. Let me introduce you to the team we have with us, Brent. You have a soundbite, Brent, Brent, believe it or not. Photographer
2: Brent R. Baker.
0: (laughs) And we have with us Garrick Pang.
1: Get ready to get...
0: And then, of course, the one and only Dell, did we? Of course, Dell has an outstanding book that has to do with sports and faith. He has quite a few of them. So you can find links at mymichellelive.com. Fellas, it's good to talk with you. So let me explain if you're new and boy has our audience blossomed in the last few months so for those of you who are new each one of us has our own sports favorites we have our own sport that we really and others uh, we'll take it or leave it but there are always issues that go beyond the pitch the court the field that are pertinent to everyone even if you're new to the game hey guys happy friday
3: happy, happy friday. friday to you and to our one.
0: Hello, wonderful audience. Wonderful audience.
3: Uh, or uh, so flowering heart.
0: <laughs> so guys, right off the bat, I did want to talk about hockey season. We're into the to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Brent, if you're folks, if you're watching, Brent has a nice hockey rink in the background. And and I had the privilege of a couple of weeks ago, Del, you didn't hear about this, but Garrick went to his first NHL game ever
3: oh well, really and yeah and it was awesome
1: it. Yep.
3: <laughs> yeah we talked about it last week about how much different an in-person hockey game yeah. is to a tv hockey game it's it oh, was yeah. a- amazing
0: yeah, it's pretty exciting and there's been some really fun things going on. There's been like the Maple Leafs had a big bounce back in their series against against Florida and man, that's been something else. Fans had pitchforks out for one of the refs. And this is because this comes to play in just about every sport. A ref that gets a bad rep with a team that just seems to do some bad calls against the team seems to be uneven. How does that happen? And why do they keep letting them ref for games for that, for those teams?
2: Sometimes it's nothing. I think often it's nothing nefarious. It, d- it, it, that it Well, way. it's a see. It feels that way. I remember in my sports writing days, there was a family that they had three sons. I think they were like Adam Aaron and another A name. And I, I i don't know what it was, but it was like, I was really good about separating brothers and sisters and all this in my sports coverage. That family, for some reason, I could not get it right. It was like every other week, I'd get a call from the mom. about <laughs> oh, I, I got son number two mixed up with son number three. And thankfully, she was really nice about it. She's like, yeah, it was my fault for naming them all with A's at the start. But it was like, I, and I'd get it in my head. It's like, oh, no, it's them again. And I'd be really careful about writing it up. And then somehow I would still blow it. So I think some of that, like, psychology can come into play, even with as professionals. Just whether it be the players or even the ref, it's like, oh, boy, this guy again. <laughs> yep, yep. And it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy.
3: <laughs> no, I totally agree, Brent. We have referees. So I play men's league soccer. And we have a couple players who, when we get to the game, they're like, oh, no, that ref. hates me and (laughs) sure enough and there there will be a tackle that will happen and and he'll get a yellow card and then it'll pick up again from there and then so the player will be after the ref and then the ref will be back and then it's okay you're just (laughs) feeding the narrative right and so yeah it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy I think sometimes they just reschedule them just to so that they can maybe redeem themselves perhaps <laughs> but then, the sometimes problem, you actually challenge... get some actual dislike too and that and the challenge as a fan is that you see anything that seems out of whack and then you jump all over it okay it, and...
0: but sometimes we do see refs that just make these crazy bad calls and you might say it's self-fulfilling prophecy whatever but i see this a lot in soccer where they seem to make these stupid redeeming calls. It's that nothing happened there, and maybe he feels bad about the bad call he just made. You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Is it just me? But I see that a lot. What do you say in in this
1: regard? I see that a lot, too, and everybody sees it, and as much as they want to say it, there is some bias that goes in from officials, and it's just the way that's part of the game. And you can pinpoint it, and it's not coincidence that the same guy or gal has made a bad call on this same team five years in a row or whatever. <laughs> it, it does happen. You can go back and it's not holding a grudge. And in the Super Bowl two years ago, you had that phantom call on Logan Wilkins. Then the same crew is doing the Bengals-Chiefs game. And then there was a couple of calls. You so It's the same crew. Okay, okay, well, that makes sense now. So I don't think they have an out for them, so to speak, but they do. Will they will make? They'll be eager to throw a flag, or blow a whistle, and sometimes when they wouldn't have on any other team. And they do it with players, or certain players that they do watch for. And that's just that's part of the game too. One of the really interesting things that came out, I think it was about two weeks ago, the NBA
2: or the NBA didn't do it. I think the Athletic did a survey of NBA players yeah. anonymously. And one of the things that they included in that was who are the best officials and who are the worst officials. And the same guy showed up. The same guy who was listed as the the best official on one side was like the third worst. So... (laughs) You can see how a lot, of, a lot of this becomes—I yeah. don't want to say—becomes personal oh, on, grudges, Brent, but the hum, it, the human error, the human aspect comes into it.
0: If Dell um, and I are playing each other, and he makes all these calls in favor of Dell, then he's Dell's favorite right <laughs> <and> He's my <laughs> least.
2: And you your his. least favorite. Yeah, it had more to do with I think their personality on the court and how they interacted with players more than calls. I think. Most of the time, when you get away from the moment, the players will understand that calls are going to come and go against them. But it's more, oh, this guy, he was a jerk to me last time. or <laughs> he's
0: Okay. Yep. That's fair enough. But as Dell said, and I've heard Garrick say before, guess what, guys? It's kind of part of the game. The human yep. factor. I thought about that because it's always bugged me. I'm like, yeah, I don't agree. I don't agree. That makes me mad. But <laughs> when I think about it, guys – Really, if we start getting so VAR on everything, too much takes out the human factor. We might as well just have robots play. It's... Part of of life and isn't sports an analogy of life? So we know that we get bad calls in life, and you got to keep playing anyway. How do you handle that? Do you let it ruin the rest of your game in life or on the field? Some news and some food for thought. But wrapping up the NHL, couple of things. Kraken, hello love it. <laughs> They're holding their own against the cup defender and that's pretty good. They this their series is tied 1-1. But boy the Kraken had a really good start. They were up 2-0. They ended up ty- tying through the second the second period and then in the third period they were able to Go down by one. So it's still they're holding their own. That's really exciting and very historical because it is their first appearance as a as the latest in the HL team. And then there was this story. I sent you guys this link. I don't know if you saw it, but the Jets had a player who got 75 stitches after a skate to the face. 75. That that alters your face for the rest of your life.
3: If it's a hockey player; you'll wear it like a badge of honor, of course. <laughs> right? I knew he was right back out there the next game.
0: Oh, you got the uh, Stanley Cup uh, in the background there, Garrick.
3: I do. Did you ever I think do. how what? filthy I, I, that
0: I, thing is after everybody kisses I it?
3: I <laughs> know. I know. I have to polish it constantly because everybody always wants to touch it and i just hate that
2: oh and it gets passed around from team to team every year it goes it sees a lot of action before it gets back to your house yeah
0: if you're concerned about them germs you might not want to watch jacovic because he has hes apparently regrets nothing he's he sits in front of these Reporters and they're like, "Don't you regret now that you didn't yeah. get vaccinated? Don't
3: you just really Are you about regret?" Djokovic, the tennis player. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. Okay. I'm not even gonna say anything. let
0: really <laughs> <laughs> Don't you regret it? Shame. That's the feeling that I get. I don't know if you get. If I'm just pulling it out because of my bias, but that's the feeling I get shame on you aren't you ashamed of what you did now see it's just it, it, will this ever end
1: now you we mentioned people having it out players having it out for refs and refs having it out for players i think the media has it out for him
0: <laughs> yeah they kind of do and yeah. uh, he's gotten the raw end of the stick but he's stayed strong and true to what he believes so there there you go. All right. We're going to go into Dell territory as we talk about Uh-oh. the NFL, right? There's some news stories that I want to bring to the forefront. If you guys have some thoughts on the draft coming up, whatever, I want to hear from you. But there's some, there's some things happening in the background. We always talk about it every year and it's almost like a soap opera. It's the NFL soaps, but Phelan <laughs> Hurt has become the highest played player in the NFL move over Russell Wilson and your 12 bathrooms because Jalen is coming. That's a big deal. And the LA Raiders owner, Mark Davis, is weighing in on the Oakland A's move to Las Vegas he does he there's no love loss there. most of that, if I understand right, is because of disputes over their stadium territory and all of that. but Never, It's always confusing to me and not okay when you have these teams that move to another city. It's really tough because that's the one thing that holds fans together. This is my team. This is my city. And now you move it to someplace like Vegas, and it's just so weird. Rename it. Don't be the A's anymore. Don't be the Dodge. Okay, that's long since passed. <laughs> wait, <a minute.
2: laughs> yeah, wait a
0: minute.
2: Although the A's have a long history, too. Uh, think not all it seems like half of their what 50 years in Oakland they've spent on the verge of moving. Yeah. But they've been through different ownership groups. Charlie Finley back in the 70s was always had one foot out of town even when they were winning the World Series. And there was an ownership group that's previous to this one that was between them that did really well. That was like during the Kenseco McGuire days when they were tenders, but man. There is no worse venue from what I hear than that Coliseum right now, Oakland Alameda Coliseum or whatever they call it now. They're talking about possums in the press booth and sewage backing up into the locker rooms. And it's been going on for years. And it seems like they've done nothing either to improve conditions for the players or make it a place that people would want to go. So they've neared their own exit. Now you've got 15 people going to games there.
3: So everybody's like, yeah, make a move. (laughs) If you alienate everybody, uh, what do you think is gonna happen? And Ve- you mean ben, Brent? They've had 25 average recently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Vegas okay, knows how to build a stadium. They know how to put on a show. We'll give them that. Then there is the NFLPA's latest data that shows that players have fewer injuries on grass than yeah. artificial turf. Don't weigh in on that. You've been following <laughs> NFL for quite some time now. You're at game yeah. after game. Yeah. What say you?
1: This doesn't surprise me. Huh? The, you know, the biggest injury we ever saw, I think, on grass, on real grass, was when uh, Tim Cremry, again with the Bengals in the Super Bowl, when they had that new turf, down, that new sod put in, and everybody who remembers that, when 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 Krummerai's leg just snapped in half and it wobbled in oh, the air, oh, yeah. that was on grass, but that oh. was brand new sod that they put down, and it was and it hadn't taken yet. I think if we just let grass be grass and stop trying to be so sophisticated and then plant new sod every time there's a game. i played on grass for years, and yeah, and I played on AstroTurf, the old AstroTurf, when it felt like I got hit by a truck when I took somebody down to the turf. You bounced on that stuff. So I didn't like AstroTurf at all. Now, the new turf today is okay. It looks it's nice, but there's nothing, nothing beats old, just grass. It does give a little bit, and it is softer especially when there's mud, and that's part of football. Oh,
0: and it's fun. Oh, I love watching mud ball. I love it. That's glorious. But it sounds like you're saying that God knew what he was doing. And if God God didn't invent fields of artificial turf, then maybe we should just go with what God designed. Let me just,
3: in defense of artificial turf, I will, first of all, acknowledge the fact that certainly there's going to be more injuries. Because if your foot is planted on turf... And someone hits your foot, it's not going to move. Whereas if it's on grass, it'll give. But mm-hmm. as a as a weeknight warrior, <laughs> as an amateur athlete, this new field turf is outstanding. Good. I used to come home muddy, and because it rains That's a the lot best in part. Seattle,
0: I love and, the muddy. I love mudball. Come freaking on! I absolutely love it. Well, I, uh,
3: but but, but two hundred nights but, a year, though, Garrick. Yeah, but see that. But <laughs> you lose elements of the game if you're playing in slop. Yeah. Okay,
0: that may be true, but much like we were talking about with the refs, that's part of the fun of it. If you have yeah. everything exact same <laughs> after same, it's not as exciting, man. I love watching You can stick to the game though. Then you could play the game. I so. but I like watching like Supercross. Supercross for some reason yeah. goes up to Seattle in March. <laughs> And they well, play and they ride around their track in March in Seattle. And if you, every stereotype uh, of Seattle, it's true in March. And it's muddy, and it's ridiculous, and the drivers hate it, but the crowd loves it because there's yeah. mud splashing everywhere. Think, it's part of the excitement, and it keeps it from being the same game day after yeah. day. You deal with those different environments. It's fun, and it's like those refs. You can't have it both yeah. ways, my friend.
1: Come on. If you go back the way it was, which I think it, I would love to see, that's going to take some of the sophisticated did he cross the plane. Back in the day, you used to have to actually be in the end zone to be considered a legitimate touchdown. But I think that when you have the mud and the rain and the snow, it takes the great team and the bad team and it makes them equal, which makes for a much Ooh. better game to watch.
0: Oh, that's a great point right there. I like that. When we think of in again in Seattle and then throughout the World Cup when it comes to the US, a lot of stadiums There's a stadium up in my neck of the woods that has to play both ways. It has to play football, and it's going to have to play World Cup soccer. They're going to have to take take out some of that artificial turf, and they're going to have to put in grass. So that's going to be an interesting thing, but they say they can do it. I just think I agree with you. Maybe we're getting so technical that we've lost some of the – spontaneity of some of our games so I want to transition and I use that
3: term well, <laughs> purposefully
0: man. Purposefully, to I like you as
3: a lady Michelle
0: <laughs> to women's <laughs> sports yeah so here's something interesting then this is in the soccer realm women's soccer the headline says women's soccer is having a moment except in the boardroom, where UEFA has one token spot for women. But there was one woman who decided that she was going to run for another role. Now, while women's soccer is truly exploding in UEFA, women don't have much of a voice there. And I wanted to talk about how important this is. I'm going to bring up that Bud Light commercial. There's a reason. While people are debating transgender this, transgender that, I want to talk as a woman sports reporter. Mm -hmm. And why I was, I felt that Bud Light commercial was. Not only a bad move on a communications level, but it was dangerous. Dangerous. You see all the people on Facebook with the mark safe from a beer can. It's not about the beer can. It's about the fact that someone using gender appropriation dresses up like a woman and perpetuates a dangerous stereotype. Oh look, I have my face on the can, and it's like March Madness. And I guess that has something to do with sports, but I thought it was just, it was a crazy month. That stereotype, seriously, that's the stereotype that keeps women from breaking through glass ceilings in sports reporting. It has been a hard fought battle. And I've come across in hockey of all things, in junior league hockey, going to a game and having their communications director tell me, I think you have a certain naivete where hockey's concerned. I'm like, really? Is it because I have breasts? Because it isn't because I don't have knowledge. And I didn't mean to be rude there, but really, this I find it really difficult. And this is an example of why aren't more women able to be voted in, right? there's a news story that i'll put on the link that shows how many how just how much broadcasters sports broadcasters Uh make now i was hesitant to send that because i didn't want you guys looking at that and going okay this is how much michelle pays
2: (laughs) 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 i want my pay doubled right okay
0: you got it. You got it. But it was surprising that when the women sportscasters, as good as some of them, are still paid a lot less than men. There are areas where this really does happen, guys. And I know I'm doing a lot of the talking, but I self-identify as a woman, so I figured I would weigh in on that. But really, the last thing I wanted to talk about on this, and there are some other news stories I'll let you weigh in, but Cece Telfler is well-respected sports reporter and she was speaking Mm -hmm. out on what she was calling her devastation in the wake of a regular, ch- oh, I'm sorry, not CC Tefler. I I, I totally boffed that name. CeCe Tefler is not a sports reporter. is a runner. Forgive me. I just got my names all mixed up as I glanced at my notes. C. is says she's she, he is devastated because Republicans in Congress have passed a sports protection of women Proposal zero Democrats have weighed in on that, guys. So that really shows how divided we are in this. But I have a really it's called the Save Women's Sports Bill, and I think it's really interesting how the lines in the sand are drawn.
2: Right. All I can say about this really is something that actually happened many years ago, and my sister would kill me if I shared this. But But you're gonna do it, so my sister. My, yeah, I'm going to do this. My sister, my sister was a really good 400 runner. She was running in high school. Sub, she, I think she got sub 60 once. So it's a pretty good 400, 400 time. She, she went to the state and in, in large school, competed. And, and she's my younger sister. And one of those things where you're the big brother is you usually win at everything. And my sister, this was her thing. And so she decided after the track season was over, she decided she wanted to challenge me to a 400 and I could tell she thought she had me. And so we went out to the track together and I don't remember how how badly, but I kicked her butt pretty bad. And we finished and she's, it is so unfair. Just because you're a guy, I can work all season and work my work and go to state, and you can just step out here like nothing and beat me like that. Yeah. That's it right there.
3: That's it right there. Without training, without any experience as a runner. And this Telfer, Telfer, who's a Jamaican born, was competing at Franklin Pierce University for two years as a male and couldn't win anything and decided to transition it's no, not right. It's not, it's not fair. I'm
0: feeling like a victim because it's like I'm being attacked or something. I we've always said on this program people's identity issues, whether we agree with them or not, whether the, there's there's a whether it's a mental health issue, whether what all of that is beside the point when it comes to you're an athlete because as an athlete you may be an adulterer, you may be you may have stolen from the drugstore, stolen a pack of gum from the d- drugstore. You're a thief you may have all kinds of things in your background but when you're on the field you're a player and what you identify as how you vote what your spiritual background is all of those things don't take precedence your play does but that doesn't mean you get to displace someone else there should be a place for transgender athletes and if you feel like you want to make your own league make your own league del did you want to weigh in on that
1: yeah, that's the ultimate. That is the most common-sense approach to this, is if you want to do this, create your own league and play amongst those who have the – but then that won't go over well either because nobody's going to have the the clear advantage there. And it doesn't surprise me that vote went against, went against party lines because Democrats probably looked at that bill and said female – what in the world's a female? I don't know what one, I don't know what one is, so I can't vote for this because I don't know what a woman is. That, that's why it went along party lines because Democrats have zero idea of what, what a male is. is.
0: But to your point, yeah. there is a world transplant games that's going to be taking place, and so they have athletes. They have transplants
3: had... now. <laughs> my plant. They have I thought athletes... my plant was a gender. No. Right.
0: Okay. They have athletes who have had heart transplants or liver transplants and they can't okay. compete on the same level. So they have transplant world, tra- a world transplant game is going to be taking place. They have a myriad of differing sports that people will be con- competing in. And you think of the transplant games or think of the Paralympics. So if you have, yeah. and this, uh, there is a real thing of people who identify as amputees, They feel in their head that these legs that I have, they don't belong in my body. I don't feel comfortable with them. They seek to find medical help in getting them amputated so they can compete. But let's just say as many men who are still fully men but they just put on lipstick and they identify as women, they get to compete. Why does not someone who has all of their arms and limbs get to compete in the Paralympics? See how the logic and the worldview breaks down, my friends, very quickly. I haven't had a transplant, but I identify as someone who's had a transplant. Why can't they compete? Because they shouldn't be. It breaks down really quickly. One more story, if you don't mind, along these lines, because this one I thought was funny. Annie Agar is the person that was in my mind when I saw the other name. She is a, she's, have you met her, Doe? Okay. She's a NFL reporter and she was invited to ride in a NASCAR vehicle and it was just real an Indy car actually. And it was booming fast. It was really excited. And she tweeted afterwards, this is how Tyreek Hill feels all the time, isn't it? I never felt faster. Thanks so much for having me out. It was an awesome experience. Tyrell afterwards basically tweeted, if you here's my number and a drooly." face yeah. afterwards which was really uh-huh. inappropriate women I can, let me just tell you I can't speak for every woman but as a woman reporter and a woman reporter in sports I'm not there to be sexy I'm not there to be drooled over I'm not there to be hot I'm there because I love the sport and I love what I do no more than I mean it it is egregious and unprofessional and it would have ticked me off but would i have handled it like annie i don't know because she basically tweeted back after he had a run-in in a summer camp or a camp program brother she basically said i don't know it looked like that student had your number and right. i just thought that was classy good for you good for you i'm doing a lot That's of talking great. here guys bail me <laughs> out
1: your show <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm pretty passionate about this woman thing it's well, I mean, tyree fucking... kill doesn't
2: exactly have a sterling reputation either
0: okay but
1: I, the few female reporters that i've met as far as nfl goes has been really they've all been classy and really mm-hmm. and, and a lot of them are very well protected as they should be as well as far as access to them i've met a few and talked to a few of them but you're i've never met her i've never met aaron andrews even though she's been a at the games I've covered she's pretty well protected with especially with her background with what's happened to her over the years very I think they've all been very classy in it
0: And some are, and some, well, yes, they do have that background there. And sometimes you get what you give. You don't want nothing, don't give nothing. However, some women have had to cross that line like they have in Hollywood in order to get a job because a lot of our work has had to be, I'm going to sit here and be pretty while the big boys talk. And that's just got to stop. We've got to take that stand. And now that we have to... Contend with you, biological men, deciding that you can put on lipstick and do what yeah. we do.
1: And there's also been a few occasions where they think they have to prove it too much, to the extent where there be where a couple, there's a couple of them that that have a reputation for being bullies within the locker room, trying to get make sure they get that first story. And so there's so they have to watch that they have to cross watch crossing that line of being. <laughs> Perceived as pretty and just a, a, another pretty face and, or as to be somebody that really people don't want to be around because they're yeah, overcompensating. To, yeah, exactly. They're trying to make a point <laughs> that they're not going to be kicked around.
0: That's true. I've seen that as well. Uh, and then there's women. I don't go into the men's locker room. I just don't. I don't like. Well, let a lot of them do. They do. I've been there before, but I just feel, you know what? I don't want men in my space. I'm not going to go in men's space. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. And if that means I don't get that story, that's perfectly okay. I'm okay with that.
2: And you probably have a lot, whether they say it or not, they probably appreciate that too. Okay.
1: Yeah, I remember the very first time I I was with, I was in Boston at the old Boston Garden covering a Celtics game. And this was back when Bird and Parrish and McHale played at the big three. And it was my first time to be in a locker room where I ran into a female reporter. But well, this was, my gosh, this is back years ago. And I remember that there was Robert Parrish was there, was sitting there in a stall, just got out of the shower, had a towel over his leg. And that was about it. And so this female reporter sitting there just talking to the chief, just uh-huh, and very professional and left. I was the one going, Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Uh, it it was yes that was my first experience now it's it's very common players are very used to it
0: but for me that's my personal choice i'm not going to say women shouldn't be allowed in there that's not fair that's not right. right. The, a man shouldn't get the lead on a story simply because he's a right. male and that's where the stories are. I just don't like it. I don't feel comfortable right. with it. I have Ma'am. more than I want to see. And I think out of respect for the players, I just want to say that's your space. I'll get the story somehow. And that's part of my faith journey too. sports and analogy for life. I've got to trust that if I stick to my the integrity that I feel comes from my walk with Christ, Right. then God's going to give me the opportunities. I don't have to make them. I don't have to bend my ethics in order to get a story.
3: Eric? I was curious. Do do men reporters go into U.S. women's soccer or basketball, NBA, WNBA games?
0: Not regularly. That's just not a thing. So apparently just you curious. guys don't matter. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'm just saying that if there is women in men's locker rooms, then there should be an equal standard applied across the board. I'm not saying that I am in favor of it, but I'm just (laughs) saying.
1: What I would do in that case would be get to the – I would ask the person over the media, hey, I'm going to wait outside. Can you send such and such players out when they're finished? Yeah. Uh, And that would –
0: Exactly. Two other quick stories as we're running out of time today. Time flies when you're having fun and I have fun with these guys. Real Madrid and Barcelona are having a war of words of such over Spain's fascist past. They are literally arguing over who is who's been more fascist. <laughs> have you guys heard that story? No. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's as though, you know, th- there's this hatred of fascism and this is another way that politics has wormed its way into into the sport. So there're bitter rivals, bitter rivals on and off the pitch, but Real Madrid and FC Barcelona have decided that they are going to argue over who was closely related or in bed with so to speak France with Marco the or Frank Franco Francisco Franco forgive me during his 36 year rule as a dictator and it's just another way that things have gotten crazy off the rails and then finally U.S. men's national team they had tied with rival Mexico in in their match this week and I was really hoping for more a continued domination of U.S. but it just didn't happen. Garrick you want to weigh in?
3: It is probably one of the world's greatest rivalries currently, especially when it comes to soccer. U.S. men's national team could never beat Mexico 20 years ago. And and I shouldn't say never, but it was always Mexico. And the level of the U.S. men's national team has come up so significantly that we've had some great victories in the last few years. And... Mexico, of course, struggled in the World Cup. And so Mexico really had a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. And there's great footballers, soccer players coming out of Mexico, of course. It, it always has been a great
0: Do you know what's great not great coming out of Mexico? Sorry about it. The fans. They're some of the worst soccer fans on the planet. They're foul they use racial slurs they throw frozen water bottles they throw it it's just like they behave horrifically sat in some of those matches next to folks that have been more reasonable it's not all of the fans and there's they say i'm really i because i was the other team i'm the u.s team and they were like i'm really sorry about that and they've been there hey just leave her alone you know i <laughs> mean that you have to do that it's pretty sad but again guys as we wrap up today it's maybe the state of the world we've lost the ability to be civil To to have great rivalries and to cheer and to dislike another team venomously, but still have respect and behave like a human. We've lost that. So some more food for thought. Let's go to our final shot. Brent R. Baker, final shot.
2: Oh, you would make me go first. (laughs) (laughs) So. Well, I was on the road for a bit yesterday, which usually means that that's usually when I start dialing up all sorts of podcasts. And most people like around the country are probably familiar with Brock Heward from his play by play of college football and stuff. But he does a podcast that's called Above and Beyond, which is about the intersection of faith and sports, which we should have him on here oh, sometime. Familiar. Yeah, that's
3: yeah. A good idea. Uh,
2: he did one that just came out. Oh, no, it was a year ago. I didn't know it. Anyway, uh, so he did one with an umpire, since we were talking about officiating, Mike Michlinski. Uh Just a, a great interview with a guy, and for those of us in Washington State, he's from Ephrata, Washington, which is right in the middle of the state, and I actually was like literally driving by the town yesterday as I was finding this out. I was like, how weird is that? But it's just cool to, to hear from some of these different mm-hmm. places. You, know, you you hear about athletes talking about their faith, so for him to, have, to be able to have an hour-long discussion about about christ and faith with a major league umpire who and he's been good enough to umpire in a world series that was it was pretty cool i
0: like it okay let's go with garrick we're gonna let you go last still
3: all right i am giving my final shot to an actual amateur (laughs) athlete he has he was actually visiting this country for the first second time he was in new york before but he came to the great pacific northwest recently and i'm trying to pull up a picture for us to be able to see him but uh, but he is actually a rugby player he he's competed at a pretty high level for his age and and now he is playing for his county over in england and so this young man i'm gonna pull up the picture here if i'm able to figure out how to do that technologically (laughs) Uh, but uh, but he uh, have to show you the picture first so that that you can guess his age (laughs) okay let's share the screen so my final shot this way this week goes to jack jack buono learner can you guys see that yes we can how old do you think jack is (laughs) whoops
0: I can't okay. wait. I know. So I'm not I'm not playing yeah, you, this game. You
2: kind of, kind of let the cat out of the bag on this.
3: <laughs> anyway, he is 16 years old. He has I could never grow a beard the way that he can. <laughs> but but anyway, he we went over to Central Washington University last week to watch the Wildcats unfortunately lose to the BYU Cougars in the quarterfinals of the NCAA Division 1 rugby, but he met with the coach and and so there's a possibility that he might come out here to play. But he is just an amazing young man. At 16, I took him out on the football pitch as well, the soccer field, and he's got some great skill as a soccer player as wow, well.
0: that's
2: pretty but,
3: awesome. Uh, but anyway, just a great young man. And I just... got
0: to meet him as he went to the NHL game. That's so right. That, that was pretty in. cool. All right. Yeah,
3: so my final shot goes to Jack, and and it was great having you and your mum here visiting us.
0: Thanks. Let's go to Dell.
1: I just took a, I took a easy one, easy way out, but it, <laughs> it is good. The final shot goes to a man that I've never, I have talked to him, but I haven't met him really, but watched him die last year. But DeMar Hamlin is cleared to play uh, by his physicians. In That's, the- awesome.
0: The- That's awesome.
1: That's yeah. awesome.
0: That's a so good that's- final shot. My final shot goes to Brad Holmes. So I'll, he's he is a manager with the Detroit Lions. And he wore a shirt with a Lions logo, and it said, Support women and girls in sports. So it's a dual praise because I not only wanted to praise him, but I wanted to praise one woman who is speaking yeah. out for women in sports, and that's Riley Gaines. So <laughs> add a girl. At a girl. She's coming under fire, but she's not afraid to stand up for fellow I don't understand women. How she,
1: I don't understand how she comes under fire. I just, it's ludicrous. Right? And this coach, he'll probably get canceled because he's standing up for women. All right, that's enough. I don't know if the, as long as the Lions continue their upward
2: trend, I think Holmes is safe. But well, yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> that's funny. So I guess that's where it comes down to. It's an old song that I remember singing at church camp. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Yeah. Though none yeah. go with me, I still will follow so think about that are you willing to be canceled for what's right are you willing to talk about it are you willing to take a stand because it's time in history we really need to do that so food for thought again it's been a feast for food for thought today and guys i have loved supping with you so thank you so much god bless you like us share us and enjoy the picnic (laughs) God bless.
1: For more fun, go to mymichellelive.com.